Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Crystal Palace nil, Liverpool seven. I never thought I'd be saying that. I just, I gotta be honest. I just, I just like hearing it. Seven, seven to nothing, especially after we lost that game, seven to two. Um, this was one of those that we needed in so many different ways. Yeah, I, I started watching the game. It's it was early for us here on the um, across so in North America, and I missed the first goal. Even though the game was on, but for the you know you know how for the first few minutes you're not really focusing. You're still kind of trying to get your your bearings, especially for an early game. And then I just heard the net clatter and everybody celebrating, and I thought, oh, perfect. So at least we're not going to have one of those games where we start slow. Yeah, no, we we started we started well, and I know what you mean. If I ever miss the uh, the starting lineup when they when they show it, um, I always end up spending the first minute or two just making sure who's where. Um, and so I I mean I get that. The other thing is you know it's Minamino in the middle with the ball, so I was assuming he wouldn't score. So he made me eat my words. That's for sure. Um, um, it was I mean it was a great start. We looked like we genuinely wanted it. It looked like. You know, we had clearly, um, I don't know what happened from from the last game against Tottenham, but this one looked like we we wanted it from the beginning. We knew we'd win it from the beginning, and we just went out and took it. So what do you think the difference was between this game and other games that we've played away from home, or even other games in general? Was it Was it as simple to say that, because we scored early, it settled us and it made the other team attack us and, and open spaces. And then we just scored again and we remained clinical or did, would you think that we actually approached this game in a different way from others? So I think it was a few things. One was, um, and, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it felt, um, when we came out, it just very much felt like, um, the team that churned last year like the team that you know got into that groove and it was just you know every team in front of it was you know a a field of corn or a field of wheat and it was just churned through that's what it felt like today um it looked like we had that feel i think that was part of it i think a big part of it was we were just much more clinical than we've been in other games because other games we we always get lots of chances it's just we're not putting them away today i mean we had eight shots on net and scored on seven. And I can't remember when the last time that happened. Yeah. And I, I'll probably get in trouble for this statement, but in having watched Liverpool for the past two seasons, I, I, I will not include the season where we came second uh, because there I think we, we played exceptional. But last season and this season, I think we've played very similarly. It's just that we haven't had the luck of the bounce in more games this season compared to last season. And when I watched this game, there wasn't really anything out of the ordinary that we were doing until maybe we scored our third goal. And then you could see, or actually our fourth goal. And then you could see that the, the, the team was just completely relaxed and they knew that this game was over and they were just going to continue putting away their chances. But, um, Honestly, at 1-0, Crystal Palace could have equalized and maybe even scored another one because we were giving them far too much space coming coming down, especially our our, our left. Yeah, so so not to 
not to put the game down in any way, but um, if if Crystal Palace had been more clinical, um, this could have been a very different game because to your point, they did have, um, if I can remember, I think they had three really good chances, one of which would have been called back on an offside, but they had chances. Um, they just couldn't put them away. And I'm actually going to agree with you. I feel like last year we were crushing the league um but it did feel like we were getting a lot of good bounces you know this year it feels like all of that i don't want to call it good luck but all of the the benefit of you know the the football gods yeah. yeah they they all seem to be going against us every every bad var call is against us every bad uh, ref's decision is against us like it really does feel like we're just we're not getting the luck this time um and today it definitely didn't feel that way. I mean, we had seven goals and I, none of them were VAR reviewed because they just didn't need to be. Yeah, or they were reviewed, but they didn't uh, expose that to the entire world with AutoCAD graphics and things like that. It was just a quick review. Okay, check. That's a good goal. Please move on. Well, but some of it, there wasn't even anything to check. I mean, on a corner kick, pff, there's not going to be an offside because the, the one player standing right next to the goalie on the line. So, you know, on Salah's header, like Minamino's, there wasn't much to check. Um, so, I mean, in, in that sense, yeah, I, I, it was, it was, I'll be honest. It was nice celebrating goals, knowing that you can celebrate them and they're not going to be pulled back. Yeah. Even though I, I still had a certain hesitancy to celebrate, but I agree. Um, it was nice that we could, we could tell within 10 to 15 seconds that the goal would stand and they were going to kick off. Um, so it, it made the game a lot more fluid for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and the other thing that I'll add, and this game was everything that we needed, but it was even more than everything that we needed for one thing that I actually haven't really heard anybody else talking about. So, I mean, for goal differential, you know, it was good because of the seven, two loss that we had. Um, getting on top, you know, laying down a marker for the league, all of that stuff, getting confidence, all of the front, you know, the front three and Mo Salah coming on as the fourth forward, all scored, like all of that great. To me, what I really like seeing more of a long-term benefit was I feel like Fulham, when we played them, they really pressed us for, for the first, you know, 25, 30 minutes. And there was a sense maybe that they had exposed something they'd exposed the weakness um they'd exposed the flaw that we had in the team that we could potentially be beat um if you played us in that way it felt like um crystal palace showed up today to try to exploit that and that was their undoing they were far too open against us and, you know, they gave up seven because they were trying to replicate what, what happened with Fulham, which I hope teaches other teams not to come at us like that, um, to just sit back and, and let us dictate and hope the balls don't go in. So in a way, I'm I'm hopeful that other teams are going to learn a lesson from this one. Yeah. Um, I've said since the middle of last season or, or towards the after the Watford game, um, we were beginning to lose that mystique where teams were facing us and they just knew, okay, Liverpool's won this league. They're much better than us. Let's just make this a reasonable scoreline, right? 
um, towards the end of the season, after the restart, you could tell that teams knew that we could be beaten and they were being a lot bolder, which is fine, right? But of course, it makes it harder for us because if we're having an off day or if we're not hitting all of our shots, then anything can happen as we saw against Aston Villa and also the Fulham game. Um, so, so I think the importance for us is always to score early. I mean, I mean, that goes a long way. What I would say, the the I, I really like your point of that mystique was lost. If we can go out there and and just paste West Brom to the wall, um, and just lay down like which we won, by the way, because Sam Allardyce is now the coach. So I'll be more than happy with a one one nil win. I mean, a dominant win in one fashion or another, just to start rebuilding that mystique or, or just get that fear back in teams because you're right there are teams that come to play liverpool this year and you can tell when they're playing that they think they belong there mm-hmm. and and last year at this time every team that came to face us knew they didn't belong on the same field and they just wanted to get it over with right so uh hopefully this this game goes a long way towards kind of building that mystique back um i mean looking individually you know minamino is his first start in a while um at least in in epl um what did you think of his performance obviously the the goal but what about the rest i thought he was okay of course kudos to him for putting his first shot right in the corner which is more than can be said for some of our stronger strikers right so fair play to him for that his game was, um, he's a very busy player. He didn't give up a lot of 50-50s as much as he has in previous games. Um, but I, I, I'm still working out where exactly he fits into, the, into this team, whether it's in the midfield three or one of the front three. I'm not yet 100% sure, but as long as he keeps scoring important goals and he's in and out of the team like that, that's that works for me. Yeah, I mean, he was he was uh, harassing Crystal Palace. He had kind of another half chance just uh, from hustle. Um, he seemed to be in a lot of places, um, which is is good. But again, I, I think you're right. I think he had an okay game. Um, I would have loved to have said he had a fantastic game. He was everywhere. Um, it would have been great to be able to say that. But I mean, you know, he he was very good uh, at some points, and then at other points, I kind of forgot that he was there. I think what what he will be for Liverpool is the kind of player that we were thinking Curtis Jones would be this season. Someone that can come in every third game, play a decent game, and then we don't see him for another three games, right? I, I, I don't think he'll... Well, hopefully he proves me wrong, but from what I'm seeing and his age and everything else, I doubt he will develop into a first 11 um, player. But he, he certainly has a role to play, and at... The, the cost or the price that we bought him and his wages, I think I think um, it's a win-win all around if if he's a backup player. Yeah, I mean, I would I would be happy with a backup player. I just, I'll be honest, I don't feel like he's quite there yet. Um, hopefully this game goes a long way to to maybe building his confidence and getting to where he thinks he's, you know, at, got at least that, if not more. Um, in terms of building confidence, I mean, I think this game was... Uh, uh, the second game, I guess, that we've seen Firmino, um, you know, looking like maybe not entirely the Firmino of old, but like a formidable player. Yeah, it was. It was. It's so nice to see him 
confident in himself when finishing and also putting himself in positions to finish, which he hadn't been doing until this past week. Um, those those two, the two goals that he scored, I don't think he finishes them if he didn't score against Spurs in the midweek. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I also think when you look at, for example, his pass on the Mane goal, um, just perfectly weighted, saw the field, um, one touch. I think that's the kind of stuff he used to do. And I think it comes back to he's gained some confidence um, from his recent play and, and having scored. And it's it's maybe, I don't know, breaking him out of that funk. Maybe I'm, I'm overreacting and hoping, but he's definitely looking more like the player we knew. Um, and, and that's fantastic. So, um, I mean, again, a great game for him. He, he got the assist on the, uh, on the Mane goal. He got himself, uh, on the score sheet as well. So, um, you know, and, and, and his, his first goal was just absolutely beautiful. The way he actually took the ball, just a fantastic touch. And it's the kind of touch that, you know, I would say most players would bring down too hard. But he got just the right weight on it. So, you know. Um, and that's been the frustrating thing with him because we know he has that control, right? But in previous months, he's been miscontrolling that that touch, right? So it's just nice to see his game um, coming back to him. He's he's reminding us of the player we all know he, he still is or still can be. So it's just nice to see. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's funny because you did bring in during the, the game – uh, you texted me, now where does Jota fit? Which is, you know, after a game like this, that's a fair point. I mean, you know, you had three guys, four guys at the front today, and all of them look good. I mean, obviously not Minamino, but Salah, um, Firmino, and and Mane. I mean, that was a good display. And, and I would say Mane probably didn't even look as good as we've seen him at other times. And yet the three of them, I mean, they they played well. And they caused a lot of havoc. And, you know, again, if you give them a bit of space and you give them a bit of time, I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, and, and it's a good problem to have with Diogo Jota because he, he'll he'll come back and another player will be out of form and then we'll have we'll be having the same conversation. Um I think I think having him unavailable may also have contributed to Roberto Firmino's confidence too, just knowing that, okay, at least I don't have to deal with the pressure of having this other player coming in if I'm not, if I don't have a good game. I think he, he just seems a little bit more relaxed. And so hopefully he can play himself into form. And then when Jota comes back, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, that would be, uh, you know, if, if that's our biggest worry that we've got uh, four players at the front, all world-class and how do you fit them all in? That would be uh that would be the literally the opposite of our defensive issues. So uh, right. uh, that wouldn't be a problem. Um, let me ask you, I'm, I'm actually not sure what I think about him. Uh, what did you think of Keita's game today? I thought he was good. Um, he started a little bit shaky, um, which is understandable because this was this is his first game in a long time. He didn't get a chance to come on in the Spurs game. Um, but I, I thought he played well, and I thought he brought something to the team that we usually only see Curtis Jones or Tiago do, which is the ability to just skip past players with ease without breaking a stride and then just releasing the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it, it, the, the midfield was quite well balanced, and I think he had a large part to play with that. 
Yeah, I would agree. Um, although if you ask me, I think the the best look in the midfield today was uh, Hendo. He oh, yeah. he that. was everywhere doing everything. And I'm actually starting to wonder, um, you know, I, I feel like we're seeing Firmino play further up. I feel like he doesn't have to come down as often as he used to, to pick up the ball and, and go with it. And I'm I'm starting to wonder if maybe Hendo's play is kind of part of that. I don't, I don't know. So I suspect it's, he's doing it on instruction because even when he, he doesn't need to do that, he still does that. Right. But I've noticed in the last two games, he hasn't done that as much. So I wonder if that's a coaching decision as opposed to him responding to Henderson being there. Um, so him not having to drop back because in a lot of previous games, he would drop back when I'm thinking we need you up there. We, we need a number nine available we don't need you back here so um but yeah i i agree with henderson i'm 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 actually starting to think that i wonder if there's a a a new position or a new role for a player who is average but just runs around almost like the ref run around you know coaching people on the field (laughs) because that's that's pretty much what he does he i mean he is a great player too but he's a coach on the field he's always talking always instructing and even if he's not involved in the play, he's always there to tell the player what to do with the ball. So that's actually not a bad uh, um, little strategy for, for teams to just have a player on there to just coach people in game. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you can, you can, uh, again, I think it would be selling um, Henderson short if you said that that was the only thing that he did. But um I'm I'm kind of surprised that more teams don't have a, a central figure, someone in the midfield to, I mean, not run around like a headless chicken like Minamino, but, you know, just be omnipresent and and know the game in and out and know the plan in and out and direct players and, and be an on-field coach. Like, there's just so many benefits to having that. Um, and I'm surprised that more teams don't, spend a lot of time you know finding that guy even if he's not necessarily the best player they have um there's just so much value in that yeah yeah because honestly he he is i say himself and allison are the two our two most pivotal players because the game we lost 7-2 the only person missing then was allison van dyke was in that game right so it is important to have a key figure in in in, in your goalposts in between the goals, um, but then Henderson, when when you take him out, we're just a completely different team because all of a sudden nobody's talking, right? And so um, our front three are interchangeable. We'll still have a good game, but without him in the middle. And and I was watching him a lot uh, closely this game because obviously the game was already won, so the result was not in doubt. And I was thinking. As much as he's always running and talking, he's not really exerting much energy, which is probably why he's able to play all these games in 90 minutes because he's he's just chasing the ball or he's almost he's playing. He, he's like a ref. He's he's always around wherever the ball is, instructing people. He'll do a little one two. He'll he, he'll give a burst of, of energy across the ball, okay, occasionally slide. But really, as long as his cardio is in place, there's no reason why he can't do that every single game. Which, which obviously he does, but the amazing part is, and and this is something that I've actually noticed is there are times that he is the last man back or he's, 
you know, back there, it's him and one of the other center backs. Right. It's it's truly amazing. Like he'll he'll be, you know, he scored today on a beautiful pass from Alexander Arnold. Um, I mean, it wasn't a spectacular pass. It was just a perfectly weighted pass, the the exact right spot. So he's he's up at the other net, but he also comes in defense. He's I mean, he's become an all around player. Um, again, it, he's not the the Curtis Jones kind, who. Uh, you know, is is got the footwork and and everything. Um, he's not Mosala with the speed. He's he's like a just a good all around player who is incredibly valuable for all the rest of that stuff that he brings. And I can't think of a comparable player in any other team. You know, um, like I'm 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 in no way trying to compare them, but. When I look at a team like Aston Villa, they are built around Jack Grealish, right? He is involved in everything that they do. He's by far their best player, and he's a fantastic player. Like, honestly, you, you may disagree with me, but I think that he's a kind of player that we should be rushing to get and and, and mold into this team because he's fantastic. But anyway, um, the influence he has is totally different from the one Henderson has. If I look at De Bruyne for Man City, he's not instructing people it's a different type of influence and i can't think of any other player in any other team that plays this role he so he's almost carved out this this new role for himself the henderson role where he's he's a coach on the field and he's just involved in every play it's, it's almost like if you're training kids right you'll you'll be a part of the team and you're you're coaching them and you're in you're involving yourself every now and then in a one-two but you you want them to do all the work but you're coaching them along the way it's almost something like that right yeah, I mean it's it's a bit of a unique situation. You wouldn't think it would be, um, but like the the comparable I'm thinking of is actually not in football. It's in in basketball with Steve Nash, who players and coaches used to say it's like having a it's like having the coach, you know, playing with you, right? right? Like like you don't need to yell instructions because he already knows everything and he tells everyone the instructions. And to some degree, I can very much see. Um, you know, Henderson is the same way and he's, it's, it's, you know, you just, you watch him in a game and he just always kind of pops up at that last dire moment where we need someone to be there. Um, you know, when, when people are kind of getting down a bit, he starts, you know, pumping people up. He's just, I mean, I, I, you can't say enough good things about him. Um, but that being said, I don't want to sell him short. There is clearly skill. Sure. Um, he, he had two or three long balls for Sadio Mane today that they just didn't click on by, you know, a very, very small margin. Um, and if any of those had gone in, it would have been fabulous. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of skill there. There's a lot of vision, but to your point, I mean, there are times that we watch games where he's not playing and, you know, it's not like we need more talent on the field. We just need him. Because he he picks up the team and he's you know again it's uh, it's fun with no fans in a way because you can hear everything he's saying right. and he's easily the most vocal guy there I I would have thought you know other guy like I I'd, I'd have thought there's more talking between the players but for the most part it's him yelling yeah and and he talks to everybody except maybe Allison right but he he talks he talks to everybody and Allison talks. Also, yes. Allison is is good in that way. I've seen some other keepers and keepers in general all talk, but 
I mean, Allison talks more. And the other one that gets me is like, I mean, not now, but before when he was talking to Van Dyke. I mean, do you really need to tell Van Dyke where to be? And yet he still, you know, has the the self-confidence to be telling Van Dyke where to go. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think those two guys talking on the field, I think, make all the difference. Um, and you know, it's, it's a good, it's a great thing to have him. I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that he's 29, but again, to your point, he's not burst out speed or, or fantastic moves. So, you know, he could be here for another few years and, and continue in this role because it, it's not really an athletic, it's not his athletic ability. That's really what's so special for us right now. Right. I mean, otherwise, it was uh, great to see Mane score before he furiously stomped off. Um, what did you think of uh, his uh, his display on the way off? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm okay with that first of all. But I was trying to figure out why is he upset? Because um, I'm I'm sure he would not have been surprised that he would be subbed off at some point. So I think it's a combination of. Obviously, he's upset because this is the kind of game where he he knows he could have scored a hat trick, um, get his his numbers up. But also, it was in the fifty fifth minute or so, right? So perhaps there there was a conversation prior where it was agreed that on sixty he'd come off, and also he wasn't impressed with being taken off just before a free kick. So I think it was a combination of all of those things, and I think he's a pretty hot headed individual anyway, right? So, um, yeah. I'm sure we'll see many more of those. Yeah, I mean, I think uh I agree. I think he's been uh um he probably would have wanted to stay on. I he had just missed, if I recall correctly, he just missed the net um it before he got yeah. Uh, I think it went wide, but anyway, like I, he probably was mad at himself. Then he got pulled off, and and absolutely, you felt like this was one of those games where there were just more goals more goals to be had and and you yeah. didn't want to be the guy that came off because you wanted those goals exactly he 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 had he had um that was our one shot on target that that um did not result in the goal because it was, it was deflected off for a corner of his shot but um yeah yeah i agree i i think he just he wanted more goals but i think i think it was a timing i think he was not impressed that he was being called off just as they were attacking and then also that it was before the 60th minute I mean, other, but what I will say is I like to see that. I like to see um, Mohamed Salah not smiling and yeah. laughing. And I like to see um, Sadio Mane angry because yeah. that's that's when you know they mean business and that's when you know that you're going to get the best from them. Exactly. And, and I like to see Bobby Firmino smiling because it means that he's playing well. Yes, it means that he's having fun again. Yeah. Um, and... And I like to see, I know it's going to sound weird, him looking at the net when he shoots. That's always good. Um, but uh, no, Firmino. <laughs> like oh, not, okay. not trying yeah. his weird, I'm, I'm going to score without looking thing. Like, yeah. like he seems more serious, but at the same time, he seems more having fun and smiling. And that's where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, not, as, not as tight. Um, I, I mean... All in all, was there was there anything about our game today that you didn't love? In the first half, when it was still 1-0, I did not like how easily Fabinho was being beaten in the air. 
um, a couple of times down that side of the field. He mis- misjudged some bounces or he'd go for, for a header and miss. And then all of a sudden he's our last defender and um, Zaha or, Sh- or Sh- um, Schlopp or someone else would um, be able to make a run in. So, but at the same time, he's not a defender, right? So I'm, I'm not going to hold that against him, but that would be the only thing that I would say was a bit disappointing because, and, and, and also Trent's defending or his positioning was not the best, but that's not news either. Well, the one thing I didn't love about, well, I mean, I thought Trent may have been the worst player for us today just because everybody else was very good for the most part. Um, I didn't love his little run in with, uh, what was that? Anholt, um, where he kicked the ball away and they went head to head. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to criticize Trent too much, but you know, you're, you're a, you're an EPL champion. You're a Champions League champion. You don't need to mess around in that kind of stuff. Like, if that guy but, wants to get hot, you just walk away. I thought he was fine because he kicked the ball away and then he was walking away and it was, it was Van Anhold that came to him and he just stood his ground. So I, th- I think that's fine. All right. I mean, for- because there's nowhere to walk to. He was in the position where he wanted to defend, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. I just, for me, I'm, I'm, whenever you see guys go head to head, any little nudge can be interpreted as like a head button. So you're red carded. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, you know, for me, it would be, uh, I think it would be more painful for the other guy if you just laughed at him and said like, who are you? Um, and, and walked away. Like, so in, in that sense, I would kind of have preferred him play it a little bit safer, but I, I mean, I get your point. He was where he needed to be. He, he couldn't walk in away any further. So, um, but all in all, I mean, great game. Um, I'm, very happy that we don't have and and again i'm not saying you know i don't want to be in in uh you know the english cups or whatever but i really don't want to be in those because we have eight days off now and that's a that's a big deal for us and we definitely need it yeah on the one hand it would have been nice for now that a lot of a lot of players are coming back to fitness it would have been nice for ox and minamino and and players like that to have a full game but we know klopp would not do that right so i'd rather be out of the cup and just avoid that distraction whatsoever so i'm gonna actually go the opposite way and i'm gonna say i wouldn't even want those guys to be to get those games because look at the the final champions league match that meant nothing and we lost jota and smikas so the fewer games the better i'm like at this point with the numbers that we have um you know we just we we can't we can't play games we just need as few as possible to to get as few people injured. While I agree on that, but the on the on the other side, you you can say that without the game against Midgetland, um, Minamino wouldn't have started this journey to playing himself back into contention, right? And without all these games, Origi is, a, is the type of player who needs games in order to get some type of rhythm, even though we know. possibly his future is done in Liverpool, but as an example, right? So Ox only came up for for 10 minutes today. Um, Keita, this is his first game back from injury because he's had no other opportunities. So, um, I mean, I do hear you, right? But at at the same time, there has to be some type of balance. Now, I wouldn't be playing any of our first team in those games, but um, injuries are going to happen. Were were you surprised that uh, Origi didn't come on? Um... Not really, not really, because we needed. Well, 
I guess Klopp wants to keep Salah in in rhythm because we have eight days off now. So that's probably why he brought him on. And other than that, we needed midfielders. We needed to give Ox a game. Um, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I could have brought Origi on for, uh, for um, maybe Firmino. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to read too much into it, I think. It, it has a bit of that feel for me of a guy who's already sold and you don't want him to get injured and, and screw up the deal. So I wonder if there's more to it than just keeping Salah in rhythm, which of course Salah is in rhythm because it took him all of half an hour to get an assist and two goals. So, you know, he's obviously feeling it. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like there's more to the Ariki thing. Yeah, who knows? There's still there's still a good ten days before the window opens up. So, um, at some point, with the FA Cup game happening at some point in January, I wouldn't be surprised if he played that game. Right, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um. So so let me ask you: if we uh we go out and we need to sell a Rigi to get another defender, who would you play at the back? Would you play uh, Matip and the new guy or Fabinho and the new guy? I'd play Fabinho. So mm. uh, until the end of the season or until Van Dijk comes back, I, I I see Fabinho as our number one defender because he's consistently present. So um, it's, it's one thing not having any defenders, but at least we have one person that we know will be there every weekend. He's doing a decent job. But to play Matip and... X person and then X person and Y person and then Matip and Y person. It, it, yeah, that's just not going to work. Yeah, have some consistency. I I guess I see that. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like if you want consistency, you put Nat Phillips back there and you know he'll give you like a 7 out of 10 every game um, and he'll head everything that comes his way. Like if you're just looking for consistency, I don't know, maybe he's the answer in there. I suspect that there's something that they all know that we don't because they see him in training every day. And for the one game that or two games he came in, he did a decent enough job. But th- I think there's a reason why, for instance, they picked Reese Williams instead of him against Spurs, right? Um, so I think I think he's just an average defender who would be able to do a decent enough job for us. But even in that game that he, that he came in and did well, there were a couple of moments that told me, yeah, his style is not quite compatible with the way we play. Which is too bad. I mean, he's he's obviously a cut above most other teams. I mean, God, we saw Arsenal today lose, and you got to believe if they could change David Luiz for uh, for uh, Nat Phillips, I think they'd do it in heartbeat. So here's what I say: I I would actually take David Luiz right now over Nat Phillips. Really? Simply based on the way the way we play. In that you're okay giving up a goal every game for a boneheaded move? No, no, no. Um, because we we offer enough protection that the way that we protected Reese Williams, let's say, right, and and how it didn't really affect the rest of our game. Um, I think we can handle having someone like David Luiz in our team, and at least he he's he's decent enough on the ball that he would be able to contribute to our flow. But then we wouldn't, we wouldn't leave him isolated. I, I don't know. I mean, 
I at least I see Reese as you know a a potential for the future. <laughs> I just I see not much redeeming in playing a guy like David Luiz, but um, I mean anyway, it, it you know I I kind of look and I say you know we've got um, none of the none of the defenders that we have are our first choice defenders right now. Frankly, you know even though I think Matt Dip plays quite well, he's just not consistently playing enough. Yeah. Um, and Fabinho, for for as good as he's been, I think you can see from his tendencies, he's clearly, you know, a midfielder. Unless he decides to turn it around and make a career out of defense, I I just I think he's better in the midfield, and I'd like to see him there more. Um, but I mean, again, today uh, it, it worked out. Um, I think our our next games are going to be you know pretty okay. I don't think we have uh, too many to worry about. You know, with West Brom and Newcastle coming up, that's not a lot to worry about. We could, uh, you know, we're going to be top of the league for Christmas and uh, hopefully go into January as well. If uh, maybe some of the other teams can drop some points, we can maybe move ahead and get a little more comfortable while we get guys back. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, to, to end off this game, you're man of the match and you can't say Salah because you only played for half an hour. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll say the person that I usually default to whenever everybody has played well, um, Jordan Henderson, and especially today because he contributed with a goal too. But yeah, he was he was in the middle of everything we did, and and even when we were playing well, he was still keeping people accountable on on the field. Yeah, I mean, I I can't I can't look at anybody who played better than him. I think he was uh, the clear uh, clear choice for us. I think the goal was kind of the cherry on top, but overall he was just so involved with the ball. Um, I think if I, if I read the stats right somewhere, he had uh, the same touches as uh, Jeannie and Keita combined. So yeah. Uh, So, I mean, he was, he was everywhere. He was involved in everything. So, you know, absolutely. I think that uh, today he's the, he's the man of the match. Um, And again, like I said, we got eight days to get ready uh, for West Brom. Hopefully another big win, or, or if not big win, at least another win to keep the machine going. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the ForensicHook.com website. <laughs>